Now, ESPN 580 Orlando's live, local, and loud. It is hour number two, live, local, and loud here on ESPN 580, our final hour of the week. Nikki Football. Wow, is it already 7 o'clock? It's 7 o'clock on a Friday. My God. We're in the Victory Casino Cruises.com studios. Thanks for making our Friday part of your Friday here on ESPN 580. Busy show. It has been. We have a very busy hour coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, So we had Kyle Israel. want to thank Kyle Israel again. want to thank the Lord Commander, Charles Tolman, for calling in. Um, want to thank Michael which, Matz from Victory Casino Cruises which, for calling yeah, in. There is, like, some confusion with Yeah, UCF yeah, So fans. Charles was supposed to call in and give you grief. About something. And he kind of, he and kind he of wussed out. Well, I, like, I'm, I'm not going to say that. I don't know what he was going to say, but, I mean, to throw— He didn't bring it. He said he was going to bring but, it. But here's what people don't understand about me, okay? It's like, I'm a USF fan, but no one bangs on UCF more than I do. I mean, on USF more you than do, I do. You do. Like, my, my school has done nothing but disappoint me. They disappointed <laughs> me the five years I was there. They've disappointed me the five years since I've been gone. Yeah. There's there's nothing you can say to me about USF that I have not said nor th- or, or thought or yeah. experienced yeah. about yeah. USF. But for some reason, UCF fans seem to think that I've just been banging on their team. The only thing I've said is, you scored a ton of points over UConn, you could have scored more, and this scored offense more. looks like it didn't take a single day off from last year's undefeated team. Yeah. If that's wrong... I don't want to be right. <laughs> right, right now, man. I mean, it's just a, you're you're mean. You're I, mean. I don't I don't like it when my when what I say is being mischaracterized. That's all. When I'm when I when I'm going to criticize your team, I'll criticize your team. I do think your coach made a mistake by taking Mackenzie Milton out of that game. All right, coming up this hour, we got Ali Peak at seven fifteen. We've got fantasy football with Stevo at seven thirty. We've got Heath Ziegler, a name synonymous with high school football, at seven forty five. So make sure you tune in for that. But right now, we have Chad Barr, who is live from Connecticut. He was there at the game yesterday for that slaughter of my uh, my alma mater up there in Connecticut. It was not a slaughter it was a mercy it, it was a mercy killing how you doing sir good evening how, how are you guys doing <laughs> we're doing wonderful all right before we get into the reason why we want to talk to you tell us about the experience being out there the fan experience uh did the huskies at least treat you well as being in an enemy territory yeah i mean you got you got what you expect from you know from the from the younger fan base the the booze as you're walking into the stadium but for the most part everyone was cordial and Quite frankly, they were all gone by the uh, beginning of the third quarter. <laughs> yeah, I was watching the game, and I was like, "Come on, guys, come on!" You know, I, I would mean, I would not have stayed for that if I was a. I UConn mean, the fan. worst part is, is that as a UConn, you know, as a Husky, we always sucked. I mean, we've had a few good years, but this is not exactly a football school. So no, you've always been trash. Yeah. yeah so the fan base <laughs> needs to get over the fact that we're just not a football school. I'm more depressed on another issue that you and I are going to talk about a little bit later in the segment. But, um, I mean, for the most part, they, they should be used to this at this part. Um, before we get into the game itself, I was impressed with the ceremony they did um, uh, posthumously for the person who was going to be a student there. Um, that, were you there for that? Did you get there early enough to see the ceremony in the beginning? Yeah, that was, uh, that was a little bit heart-wrenching, but yes, I was there. Yeah, I was I was proud to see that Connecticut stepped up for that. Obviously, that's a Florida. Um, you know, he was a student from Florida who wanted to go uh, to school at UConn, so it was good to see that. But that said, what did you take out of the game, and was there anything you could take out of a game like that? Um, you know, the the thing I was excited about obviously was the offense. I mean, McKenzie was lights out, and the the seven or eight. Uh, it might have been seven or eight dropped passes, and our incompletions were those were literally dropped passes. I mean, he was right on the money all night long, and it, uh, I would have liked to see him play the fourth quarter, but uh, I understand why why he got taken out. But uh, the offense was lights out. 
Um, I even made a joke on Twitter that Loudermilk might might uh, leave us because he's not getting any playing time. <laughs> um, but um, the the defense, um, you know, a little bit nervous first drive. You know, you know, UConn drove it right down. You know, almost into the red zone before they turned the ball over. I got a little bit nervous about that, but um, you know, one of our safeties was out the first half due to uh, you know being suspended yeah, from yeah. the ball and um, half a game you know, suspension. You got to love that. Yeah. So the defense was, uh, you know, the defense gave up a lot of yards, but got got turnovers when they needed to. And you know, once Connecticut got into the red zone, I mean, it, they weren't doing anything. So that was exciting to see. And I think they're just coming into their own, running a completely different defense from last year. So. Um, you know, I'm glad we opened against UConn. It would have been a little bit scarier against, uh, you know, an FAU or something like that. But um, I was happy with the, with overall performance. And how mad can you be about a backup quarterback when they made a play like that into the end zone for a touchdown? I mean, you can you can only yeah. be so upset. Yeah, seventy yards. I mean, you can't. You, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. You can't. We, they, we we could even slow ourselves down if we wanted to last night. All right, talking to Chad Barr here in Orlando. He's an attorney who is doing something tomorrow that I kind of wanted to get him on. He kind of hit the social media engines yesterday, and I was like, I got to get this guy on. All right, tell everybody what you're doing to troll. It's the ultimate troll job. You're talking to a guy who literally has bought billboards to troll schools as a UConn guy. Uh, what are you doing tomorrow? You've outbeat anything I've ever done. Go for it. <laughs> we, um, I purchased a, a marquee banner. To fly behind the airplane, the airplane's going to drag it around the uh, Alabama Louisville tailgates tomorrow, um, letting everyone know that UCF is the 2017 co-national champion. So, so they'll have two and a half hours looking up in the sky, seeing this banner fly around this Camping World Stadium tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. Now, what sort of like what is it? FAA regulations do you have to deal with? I mean, we're going to be able to see the banner from inside Camping World. Well, it uh, has to stop flying one hour before kickoff. That's FAA regulations passed after 9-11. Okay. Um, but there's a Orlando City game going on, so they'll be able to see that kind of <laughs> off in the distance, and uh, all the tailgaters will. I'm sure they'll have a – the pilot has assured me that they'll have a great view of it. We want to make sure we see a, a great view of it. Um, you plan to go out there and take a selfie with it? Uh, actually, I'll be flying back from Connecticut. The way it worked just happened to work out. I'll be flying back. On JetBlue at the same time, the banner's flying over Camping World, so I won't even have a you chance won't even to see be it. alive myself. But um, it's it's a, a you know something that had to happen. So can you talk to the JetBlue captain into kind of giving you a little flyby <laughs> so you can see it from the other angle? I, I tried to get a flight earlier back, but it was like seven hundred bucks for me and my son to fly back. So I figured I'd just uh, I'll deal with the pictures. <laughs> All right, uh, another thing I wanted to kind of aggravate you about, I know you're a huge baseball guy, you're also a huge basketball. The The power rankings came out for the AAC basketball season for men's basketball, and depressing to me, my UConn Huskies for a basketball school are like sixth, but guess who was at number one? Uh, what are the expectations for the basketball men's program in your mind, and does it at this point supersede the football program as far as what the expectations for the season are? Well, first of all, I think that the basketball program being successful is just going to create a bigger uh, a bigger package for us to to present to you know the Power Five um, conferences. I'm excited about the season. The one thing that's always been kind of a a bugaboo for us is is being healthy. So if Taco can stay healthy, BJ can stay stay healthy. Um, you know, and having Aubrey back, it's going to be it's going to be an amazing you know starting five and. The kids coming off the bench are going to be, you know, just as talented. So I'm super excited, um, and I think it's going to be a great basketball season so long as we can keep everyone healthy. Um, on that note, because 
there's a problem. No matter what you guys seem to do, although I'm going to post out an article uh, probably t- next week stating the 10 things that UCF needs uh, to make the playoffs. My question for you is, unlike those expectations, at least with the basketball program, there is a chance you guys can do the whole thing. Yeah, and I think that's, I think that's where, where you see everything kind of fall apart for, for college football. It's, it's the only major sport where teams are, are kept out of it. You know, you're looking at ESPN articles online today, and it's saying, you know, it's pointing out the 14 teams that have a chance to make it to the college football playoffs, and guess who's not in there? Teams that aren't in the Power Five. So, yeah. I mean, we're, we're out of the picture before the season even kicks off, and that's, that's what's disappointing. Uh, the t- I'm a little tease for next week. Uh, one of the 10 items is um, you guys have to murder FAU, and then FAU has to do well this weekend uh, against Oklahoma. Is there something in particular looking ahead this season that you think is most important for them to get a nod um, if they go undefeated? Um, I think um, one of the things that held us back last year was, was the score differential, I think. Um, if we can keep putting up scores like, like yesterday, um, I don't, I don't see how they can in good faith and with a, with a, you know, without a smile, um, keep us out of the playoff picture this year. I mean, I think for me as a fan and I, am a baseball dad, so I'm not, I'm not necessarily in favor of with little guys, but we've got to go out and we've got to, you know, um, murder the teams that we're playing. We've got to set, you know, send the message that, you know, we're here and we're not going anywhere. It is Chad Barr. He's an attorney in Central Florida, huge UCF guy, graduated from UCF, apparently even likes Kyle Israel, so he does have a few flaws in him. Um, He is flying a banner for the national championship tomorrow for the Alabama-Louisville game. It is the kickoff classic at Camping World Stadium. Um, Dude, it is the ultimate troll job. I am so jealous. You have out-trolled me, and I am Troll Maximus. So uh, congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. It'll be awesome. Uh, safe travels enjoy kinetic and at least hit the cream shop did you hit the ice cream shop while you're up there you always have to ask about some sort of a restaurant there's a famous ice cream shop up in connecticut nope what's it called uh it's the cream shop so when you get a chance get a chance or at least have some lobster yep absolutely chad really do appreciate the time we'll talk to you soon all right, thanks. Bye-bye. All right, good to Food's catch up. Food's good. Yeah, Why do you always mess with me when no, I talk like about I'm, food? No, I just think it's funny. Like Look every, at me. What else do I have at this point every, in my life? Every, you're right. You have nothing. You are right about that. we got Allie Peak coming up next. Uh, Felipe Franks will start the season for the Gators uh, at quarterback. Uh, what should we spe- expect out of the Gators? What's a successful season opener for Dan Mullen when they take on Charleston Southern on Saturday? That's all coming up. It's live, local, and loud here on ESPN 580 Orlando. This is ESPN 580 Orlando's Live, Local, and Loud. Hey, welcome back. It's Live, Local, and Loud here on ESPN 580. We're hanging out in the Victory Casino Cruises.com studios, some of the only legal sports book in Central Florida. He's Jerry. I'm Nick. Thanks for making our Friday part of your Friday. You can get in touch with the show, 844-225-5580. That's 844-225-5580. That text on the Grill Seafood text line is 21232. That is 21232. So we got a full slate of college football games coming up this weekend. Of course, UCF started everything off last night with that 56-17 win over UConn. But, of course, uh, Florida plays Charleston Southern. You have to keep reminding me, don't you? Miami plays LSU uh, on Sunday night. And Florida State on Labor Day Monday hosts Virginia Tech at Doak Campbell in a matchup of two top 25 teams, Miami LSU also two top 25 teams, Florida State 19, Virginia Tech 20. Um, 
here, here's my question for Gator fans. What would you call a successful debut for Dan Mullen? I'm, I'm, I'm asking the question because I, as I, as I mentioned to Michael Matz when we had him on back at 6:30, is I don't feel any energy. I don't feel any excitement around this Gator program. I, I don't feel. I expected a little bit more um, buzz around Gainesville nearing the start of the season with Dan Mullen as the head coach. And I do think Dan Mullen is figuring out it might be a little bit tougher to be the head coach of the Florida Gators without Tim Tebow. I think he's figuring out the same thing that Will Muschamp figured out, the same thing that Jim McElwain figured out. Like Dan Mullen is realizing, oh, bleep. We don't have a quarterback here since since I was coaching Tim Tebow. So what do you, what would be a successful debut for you for the Florida Gators when they take on Charleston Southern on, on Saturday. And, and here's, re- here's really the thing. And we're going to get Allie Peek on with us here coming up in just a little bit. We'll ask her. Uh, t- to me, like Charleston Southern is one of those schools you should beat and beat poor and beat handily. I want to see the Gator offense show some life. That's I, I need to see that. That's what I want to see. I want to see Felipe Franks, who's going to be the starter. I want to see Felipe Franks move the football. I want to see him have some rhythm. I want to see him make passes. I want to see him... I want to see him run that offense the way that we know he can run that offense, so, or at least the way that we hope that he can run that offense because the Gators, uh, the options, really, I mean, it's Franks, it's Trask, or it's Emery Jones. I mean, Felipe Franks has a chance to seize that job and keep it for the entire season. And here is one thing that I don't think that you should uh, rule out, Jerry, and I, I'll be interested to get Allie Peek's thoughts on this, is I would not rule out... Dan Mullen doing the whole Chris Leak, Tim Tebow thing. Him using Felipe Franks, maybe not against Charleston Southern, but against Kentucky, using Felipe Franks between the 20s to really move the football. And then Emory Jones, who we've seen can run the football and has that athleticism near the goal line for him to kind of bring that back here to Gainesville. I, I would not I would not be surprised if Dan Mullen did that. But there are there are weapons galore there in Gainesville, and I think Felipe Franks has the chance to have a big season. Of course, we're covering all of the Central Florida high school sports tonight. That is Pigskin Friday. It is Friday under the lights. Uh, Apopka, we're going to be getting score updates there. Deland Seminole, our boy Heath Ziegler's out there at Lake Nona. So we're going to give you all those score updates. The only people on the board right now is Deland and Seminole 7-0, and Timber Creek and Dr. Phillips are tied at 7. Mm-hmm. So we'll give you those updates throughout the night, and of course and Heath Ziegler will be on with right. us. Right. We are phasing in something new to the show here. As we are always evolving. We are always growing as a show. Okay, You will know that we are going to high school football updates when you hear this. Oh, I didn't no, we have tonight under the lights. So we will go to high school football. <laughs> Why don't you tell me these things? Well, I mean, we don't communicate. What can I say? <laughs> well, you're mad at me today. I, I'm little sorry. back office. He's getting a no, nice little surprise, I, I, and apparently, I'm in trouble because I know about it. And he's not supposed you to do. Know like, about I don't it. like it when people come in and they say to me, "Hey, I know something," <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you that because like, you did it to me last no, like, week. No, like Jerry is doing the thing that fourth graders do, where they say, "I know something you don't know." Nana, nana, boo, boo. <laughs> And it's bothering me because I don't like not knowing things. That is true. <laughs> right now on the line, we have our Gator Insider. It's Allie Peak, who's been throwing fire Allie, over the last knows, few weeks. who knows a lot of things that we don't know. <laughs> she sends me a lot of... Boy, the text you sent me last week, Allie. Oh, Allie, how so you good. doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? <laughs> We're doing really good. All right, Felipe Franks. I think you called it three weeks ago? Uh, I I don't know if it was that long ago. I honestly did think Trask was going to start at the beginning of the summer. And you so did, it, but you switched. After he got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt. And so Franks kind of took the wheel from there. But, 
he is the starter. Um, do you like anything about this? Is it part of it maybe just the fact that he can kind of move and maybe just the offensive line? And I have family on that yeah. offensive line, so I don't want to pick yeah. on it too much. But, yeah. There's a reason that Franks was as highly rated as he was coming out of high school. He's a talented kid. If somebody is going to be able to coach him, it's going to be Dan Mullen. He is known as a quarterback guru. I don't know that tomorrow is really going to show us a whole lot. I, I, you know, I, I don't expect Florida to do a whole lot offensively. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball probably 50 times. Um, so I don't think that tomorrow is going to be a good gauge. We do need to see if he's going to go through his progressions. Does he make the right play? Does he not make stupid mistakes? I think that's what Franks was kind of known for last year. How many interceptions did we watch over the course of the season? Because he literally just chucked the ball up. Um, so I think improvement in those areas will be something to look for. But he's going to be under a microscope all season. And I, but I definitely don't think any naysayers are put to bed after tomorrow, regardless of how he performs. The number one trending story in Central Florida to the bane of my existence was, again, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer came out to defend himself, saying that despite the three-game suspension, he is not... He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. That's what he said. I got suspended three games, but I really didn't do anything <laughs> wrong. I mean, are the, when I saw that on Twitter this morning, I was like, stop. It's over. What are you doing? Like, you've gotten your punishment. Way to make this worse. And... and I think kind of buried behind that happening is the fact that yesterday, did you guys see that an Ohio State trustee actually resigned? Yes. Because he said, yeah, given the evidence that they saw that he felt like the punishment was too soft. Um, that's got to be the guy that made him get this done. Well, that's the thing. Like, the trustee came out and confirmed everything that all of us thought is that they were sitting in that room debating Urban Meyer, and they were like, so how many games do we have to suspend him for for this to look good? And this trustee was sitting there like, wait a minute a woman got beat up and they were like, yeah, but it's the TCU game and they're ranked. So he was like, I'm going to tell you, I'm just, I can't do this. Well, and you know, they would, you would think they'd at least do a little bit of a better job hiding what the end game was. We all could assume what the end game was. We all know what they, what was driving it, but could you do a little bit better of a job hiding it for the rest of us? Like at least pretend like you cared about this investigation at all. And there was some integrity involved in it, but uh, back to the Urban Meyer statement this morning. I, I'm not saying that anything he said was untrue in that statement. I just feel like it's needless. You're you're mad. Your name's getting drugged through the mud. You have a three game suspension. Then you get to come back, and all is forgiven. Halfway through the season, people are going to forget this even happened as long as you're winning. So it just why do we keep? Why does he keep bringing it up? Um, at talking to Allie Peak, she's our Gainesville insider. As we look ahead for the season, what are the expectations for the core fan base for this year? Because it seems like, I mean, ticket sales are down. I think they had last time I checked, they had just under sixty thousand season tickets sold for the season. What is it flat? Are you feeling it? Are you, for Florida? Yes. Okay. Well, no, I don't think it's flat. I think that there is excitement about Dan Mullen. I think that people are also apprehensive though, because of what we've witnessed for the past 10 years, essentially there was some excitement at the beginning season for Muschamp. There was for McElwain. We saw how those time periods played out. And so I think people are almost afraid of getting burned again, but also Gator fans are insane. I don't know if you are aware of this or not. So there's also a part of the fan base that are like, we're back national championship this year. Just wait, which I also think is insane. Insanely unrealistic. Um, I think Florida's going to be better than they were last year. 
they're going to be better than they than they have been the last several seasons. They are not winning a national championship. If they get to the SEC championship, it's probably going to be because they backed in with a loss or two. Uh, Georgia will probably Georgia by the end of the the season and so Florida will end up getting to go something like that it won't be because they had this incredibly dominant season where they just beat the pants off of everybody they'll get there they'll get killed by Alabama if they get there um so I mean that's where expectations should be I think if Florida wins eight games it's a successful season Allie Peak, as always you bring it we appreciate you coming on with us um Allie, where do they follow you for this season if uh, they want to kind of see what you're doing? you still tweeting out for us? I do, I do still tweet. I, I apologize in advance for anything I tweet during football season. We like to say that I have college football Tourette's. Um, so I'll apologize. <laughs> but Allie underscore peak, you can follow me on Twitter and, um, <laughs> and engage with me. Yeah, no, it's definitely always fun to have you. I appreciate you coming on. And I think all season we're looking forward to all that you bring every season because you always bring it. Thank you very much, Allie. Thanks so much, guys. Um, What do you take out of that? She says not flat. It feels flat to me. It, feel, it has felt very flat to me. She's more connected to that program than I am. I'm just saying. Maybe the core is excited because the core is who brought Mullen yeah, the, back the, in. The Bull Gators are the ones that dragged him in there. Okay. Uh, and, so they're excited. pushed Jim McElwain out. So they would. I'm sure they would be excited. It's a coup for them. Yeah. Um. I just don't feel from your, I, I wouldn't want to say casual Gator fan, but from Gator Nation as a whole, I don't. I don't feel a whole lot of excitement going into this season. It could just be that they're looking at a cast of characters that they already know. We're going to give you updates on scores throughout Central Florida. we got Heath coming on with us in a minute. Of course, Kyle is checking out Oviedo. Uh, so we'll give you the scores on that as well. And then we got fantasy football coming up. So uh, get us your fantasy football questions. Steve-O will answer them. You can text us at 21232. This is Live Local and Loud. This is ESPN 580 Orlando's Live, Local, and Loud. Going to catch up with Heath Ziegler in just a moment. He'll give you the latest on what's going on under the Friday Night Lights. Welcome back. Nikki Football here. Jerry Daniels with me. We're live, local, and loud. Thanks for making our Friday part of your Friday here in the Victory Casino Cruises.com studios. Home of the only legal sports book in Central Florida. We're going to go to Heath Ziegler here uh, in just a minute uh, to get a high school football update for you. Uh, but some news here coming across uh, uh, across my Twitter feed. So get this, Jerry. Western Michigan running back Devon Tucker uh, has been stretchered off during uh, this is Western Michigan's game tonight uh, after suffering an injury on a kickoff tonight. So for the second consecutive night, a college football player has been taken off on a stretcher because of an injury suffered on a kick return. Now, of course, last night, uh, UCF had a player stretchered off on the opening kickoff of the game. UCF's Aaron Robinson uh, was stretchered off. Uh, He gave the crowd a thumbs up uh, on his way off the field uh, while he was immobilized on that stretcher. Now, WFTV's Christian Brewey reports that a UCF spokesman tells him Aaron Robinson is expected to fly back from Connecticut tomorrow. So on Saturday, he's doing well and stayed overnight for precautionary reasons. So good news for UCF. Aaron Robinson uh, expected to fly back and get home, and he is doing well. But UCF already changed the kickoff rules, Jerry, for this new touchback thing where if you take the ball inside the 25, you just wave your arm. How far are we away from from 
from college football especially. Real close. Just I really just thought by this season it. it was already going to be gone. Yeah, I, Didn't you and I both discuss we've, we've in the spring? Ab- yeah. yeah, we've talked about this. I I think if you're going to make the change that college football made, and we, we saw UConn return quite a few kickoffs last night, and I know UCF did too, and it's not like somebody gets injured on every single play, but this is the highest volume of injuries on a play is on the kickoff. I think if you're going to make the change that the NCAA made, and that's basically saying, hey, inside the 25, if you don't want to get hit, don't get hit. Just get rid of the thing altogether. Like the average starting yardage last season for a college football team was the 23-yard line. Teams can take it out to the 25. How about this? Just put it right on the 30, and don't worry about all the hits. I, there, there's too many injuries to me. I think if you can legislate the thing out, that's fine. And maybe I'm, I'm, it's the wussification of football, but I... I have to say, like I, you see all these people getting hit and getting hurt. Uh, I'm glad to see that Aaron Robinson is okay, but I, I think I would, I would start thinking about legislating that thing out right now and and changing the game of football to try to add a little bit of of uh, player safety into it uh, right away. Eight four four two two five 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 eight zero. That's eight four four two two five fifty five eighty. The text uh, you can get us on the Grill Seafood text line. That is two one two three two. What do you say we go? Tonight, under the lights. And catch up with our buddy Heath Ziegler. His name synonymous with high school football. Let's get you your high school football update. Heath, what's going on, buddy? Hey, guys. I'm coming to you live from Lake Nona High School. It's their home opener tonight. And we had talked earlier this week on the high school football scoreboard show. Uh, and I told you this was going to be an interesting game because I wanted to see how, how does Lake Nona respond. And I can tell you, Coach Paradiso has definitely kept uh, some of his cards in his deck because it's been all like known so far. Michael Kern looks amazing. He's completed eight of nine passes in his first two drives. Wow. He's right about 100 yards and a touchdown already. Now, Boone just scored to answer to tie the game at 7-7, but I don't see an answer right now for Michael Kern and uh, Coach Paradiso's offense. They're, they're, they just can't stop the throwing game that, uh, that Lake Nona has on the field right now. Yeah, Michael Kern, who's headed to Wake Forest after this season. We kind of expected this, Heath, that, that Lake Nona would bounce back and bounce back well. Yeah, and I think it was like, I think because they were so far behind in the in the uh, the last week's game against Winter Park that I think Coach uh, Paradiso just decided, you know what, like we, we, we're not going to win this one. We need to just run base plays, and, and let's not show all of our hand okay. to, obviously, the conference teams that are gonna, that it's going to mean more. Uh, but right now, I, I'm liking Lake Nona. They're looking really good, and uh, I'm surprised. But I got another update for you, too. Sure, go you ahead. Want it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so Seminole DeLand. This was, a game, this was the game that I picked as the most important game um, of the week. And you remember Mr. Magic? Never be talking about Mr. I Magic. I do remember Mr. Magic, yes. <laughs> Deontay Mark, he's a wide receiver heading to the University of Florida, takes the opening kickoff back about 70 yards. Two plays later, a pass is completed to him. It's been all Mr. Magic. It's 7 nothing to land right now. So it's a surprise. It's a shocker going on up in Seminole right now. Heath, we will uh, we will uh, catch up with you in just a little bit here These yep. uh, with, with these and updates. And continue through the Kevin Sutton Show. Yeah, throughout the Kevin Sutton Show tonight, Heath, man. Enjoy the game. You got it, guys. Thanks. All right, you can catch Heath Ziegler on the High School Football Scoreboard Show Tuesday nights from 8 to 9. These high school football updates, by the way, brought to you by our friends over at Care Spot Urgent Care, your one-stop solution for your health care needs, now with 10 locations all over Central Florida and providing you same-day treatment, including weekends, evenings, and holidays. Tonight, under the lights.
Well, we got another guy to get to here, of course. Heath, Heath Ziegler's co-host, Kyle Israel, of course, who joined us a little earlier on the show. What's going on, Kyle? How you guys doing? I'm watching a uh, great football game, Winter Park, uh, uh, hosting Oviedo tonight. Winter Park, uh, first quarter just ended, and Winter Park is up 14-3 to uh, here early in this football game. We saw Winter Park uh, play well last week, Kyle, even though they don't have those four players that are suspended uh, right now while uh, you know they're ineligible is what they are. Uh, what, what's been your takeaway from this Winter Park team and how they've been able to play without some of their firepower? Well, I've been talking to former UCF quarterback, and that sounds weird to say that, a former UCF quarterback, <laughs> Stephen Moffitt, who's uh, Winter Park's offensive coordinator throughout the course of the week and they're dealing with it the best they can. Really, everything's out of their hands. There's a hearing that's going to take place on Wednesday to find out if those players uh, will be eligible for the season. However, they haven't seemed to miss a beat on offense tonight. Quarterback Geno English, about four or five minutes ago, threw a uh, 55-yard post-route bomb for a touchdown. Um, that was a beautiful pass and beautiful scoring play. And uh, Winter Park actually just intercepted a ball as I'm speaking and have returned to 80 yards for a touchdown that looks like it's going to make the score 20-3 to pending a PAT. And actually, it's called back because of a penalty, and that'll be the second touchdown that's been called back tonight because of a penalty. Winter Park also had a punt called back. Uh, that was a touchdown as well. So right now, lots of talent on the field for Winter Park, and Oviedo's hanging in there, but it looks like there may be too much firepower for the Winter Park Wildcats. Yeah, uh, Kyle is, I was going to say, I mean, Winter Park has an opportunity here to be without some of its better players, including Peter Hayes-Patrick, because of ineligibility ineligi issues and still be 2-0 on the season. Kyle, we will... Uh, we got to pile it up now, because apparently there's more... There could be more coming down bad news for Winter Park. Kyle, we'll talk to you on I don't Tuesday. Know about that. We'll see, Jerry. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll see. All right. Well, Kyle, I will, I will actually see. I don't know. Mine, the, what I'm you know, hearing is is that there was a few other questionable transfers. All right. I guess we'll find out. Kyle, man, we'll talk to you real soon, okay? He doesn't want me picking on his boy. All right, that's, All right, that's Kyle. That's Kyle Israel. <laughs> you can hear him on Tuesday nights uh, on the ESPN I'm 5 not Orlando for it. High School Football Score. Let me just get through the read here, and then you can do what you <laughs> Getting the two of you guys on the on the air together is just it's it it, it is it, it's like it's, it's like my little brother. It's like oil and water. <laughs> like your little brother. It's like oil and water. Those high school football updates are brought to you by CareSpot Urgent Care, your one-stop solution for your health care needs. Now with 10 locations all over Central Florida providing you the same day treatment including weekends, evenings, and holidays. And anytime you hear this sound on the show, tonight under the lights you know that we will be giving you an update on what's going on in high school football. Thank you our thanks to our friends at CareSpot Urgent Care. You can hear Heath, Kyle, and I'm there too on Tuesday nights, eight to nine on they ESPN. Let you on there? 580 Is Orlando's. that Nikki High School Football? I didn't know you were the same person. High school football scoreboard. You want to get in touch, you can. 844-225-5580. Text is two one two three two. Steve O is coming up next, our fantasy football expert. I have a couple of questions for him. My draft was last night, so I have a few quick questions for him. You Auto want to draft? get your questions in? No, I did not. Oh, wow. No, I did not. And I reached for Deshaun Watson. You know what? I've been looking through my paperwork all over the place here, mm -hmm. my emails, yeah. and no invite. There was not one. No, no, no invite. It's, uh, there was not one. But let me make this clear. People who were invited no longer work here. Right? Right? Um, Mr. Buckman's gone on to greener pastures, right? 
That is... Um, He's still in your group, right? That is... Uh, okay, I just wanted to lay that out That there. is true. No respect. Um, No. <laughs> None whatsoever. Steve-O's next. Live, local, and loud. This is ESPN 580 Orlando's Live, Local, and Loud. Final segment of the week. We are live, local, and loud. He's Jerry. I'm Nick. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're in the Victory Casino Cruises.com studios. Home of the only legal sports book in Central Florida. You can get in touch with the show, 844-225-5580. You can text us on the Grilled Seafood text line. That's 21232. That is 21232. If you have fantasy football questions, you can send them in. For our buddy Steve-O, our fantasy football expert, at 21232. What name did you settle on? Um, I, I settled on Guns and Rosen. Really? And it was Rosen in your... Did you get Rosen? I did not. No, I just like Josh Rosen. Well, that, that, well, I'm not going to pick up Josh Rosen until he's starting. Right now, I'm stuck with Sam Bradford. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't have Jared true. Goff well, why either. Why would you name the team then? Guns and Rosen? It's Guns- cool. I just like the name. Not if you don't have the guy on your list. Okay, all right. Well, do you want to you want to come up like we can come up with a name for my team here? Is that what you well, want to do? No, I don't want to come up with a damn name of your team. But I'm just like thinking that that's kind of pathetic. Well, I'm just throwing it out there. Oh man, when Jerry's telling me something's pathetic, it must really be pathetic. My yeah. Goodness. Well, I had a whole thing about being pathetic today. Well, here's so uh, I was the the choice was between that and turn your head and go off. Ah. Oh. Turn, turn your, your head, head towards which direction? Turn your east head or west? west? No, left. It's left. It's no, always... no. Get it? No. East and west? Oh, I like Come that. on! That's your joke! Hey, I mean, not east and west. I mean, like, it's just he doesn't know where the sun rises or sets. In what directions? I don't know. He thinks it rises east in the east. and yeah. west. I know. I know. Let's get Come on, Steve-O. Save this because I got humor tonight and no one's getting it. They're oh, dumb no. jokes. I mean, I, I didn't really catch that, that. What was going on that last one? Man. That's okay. That's really, totally it tough. really was not that great, Steve-O. How you doing, man? Probably all the better. <laughs> I'm doing great, guys. How about you? You're out in a draft, right? I know you came by the house. You picked up uh, out of my beer my beer shed, um, which has got to be the coolest. Isn't it like a fantasy land in there? Yeah, every time I op- I, I've been there, I kind of <laughs> open the door, and I think like, oh, it's going to be a little bit. And then I open it, and I go, you know, it's kind of like the – the rays of sunshine like come out from behind the beer, and it's a, just a, a mythical land of, of fortune and golden liquid refreshment. <laughs> Every time I send someone to go pick up beer from my house for the first time, they they walk in that that's because I literally have a unit or a prop you know building on my property. Its only purpose is an insulated beer holder, and uh, yeah. so I'm glad you got a chance to go out there and pick up some beer for your trip out uh, out west. All right, so uh, any big moves now that we go into the regular season that uh, are of note for our fantasy football fans out there? You know, uh, you know it sounds kind of sad to say, uh, but the last couple weeks, I don't think there's been anything super major. Uh, the only thing that really jumps out to, to me that I was kind of looking at today is this whole talk, I mean, really the Eagles in general have me slightly concerned with yeah. we don't know if Wentz is going to start, and then there was the talk of Alshon, and, you know, that was a week ago. I expected to get a little bit more update. Now they're saying he's probably going to miss at least two games. So to me that says two at the minimum. That could mean three, four, five. So it doesn't sound like they're going to put him on the pup list, which means it would cost him the first six games. But anything up to that it sounds like it's absolutely possible. So – for me, a guy that's moving up very quickly because of that is Nelson Aguilar. Uh, I mean, he, I think he can take over that position. I mean, even last year with Alshon there, he had, what, seven, eight touchdowns, um, just under 1,000 yards. Excuse me. Uh, just I'm so excited about Nelson Aguilar, I can't help it. Uh, anyway, so 
that's a guy that I think right now, by the time you're drafting this weekend, I'm not sure his ADP or his average draft price is going to move up as much as it should. So I think that's going to be a guy you could take as your you know, wide receiver three, wide receiver four, or something like that in the double-digit rounds and really have a potentially great value for the first, who knows, two to five games of the season, if not more. So Nelson Aguilar, a guy that's really moved up my charts based on all of this Alshon Jeffrey stuff. He's our fantasy football expert, Steve-O. You can text your fantasy football questions into 21232. That is 21232. And Jerry, I know we have someone who has a question for Steve-O, right? Ben in Palm Bay is on the line. Ben, pop up that question for Mr. Steve-O. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Appreciate it, man. What's your question? So with the uh, injury situation that happened with Washington at running back and then the recent uh, you know, arrival of Adrian Peterson, for somebody looking at a you know, bottom end number two, number three running back, is he a viable option? Or you know, what do you guys think coming back into the league now? Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely the case. And some people, you know, I've seen mock drafts and things where he's getting taken in the, the sixth, seventh round. I think that's a little bit much. Um, but, I, you know, in drafts, other drafts I've seen, you could wait sometimes to the, the eighth, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth round, and maybe you already have, a, you know, a real strong running back one, maybe a running back two. I think he could absolutely come in there. I mean, he's not going to catch passes. So if you're in a, a full PPR league, he's probably not going to be as valuable. But I could absolutely see him getting – you know, anywhere from 15 to 20 carries in some games. And Chris Thompson's going to take some of that passing down work. But I think he gets the red zone work, gets some touchdowns for you. And my concern here is he might not last the whole season. I mean, you saw when he was in Arizona, he was great for a few games. Then he just kind of wore down, went on IR. So I don't want you to have him as your RB2, where you're counting on him for the full season. But if you can get him as an RB3, use him for the first several weeks of the season, I think it's a great idea, and I've actually been doing it in several of my leagues where he's been my running back three or even running back four sometimes. Um, so I think Adrian Peterson, a great pickup in the, the later single-digit rounds, early double-digit, if possible. And I think he will definitely give you a few great weeks. Talking yeah, to Thanks. Yeah, I snatched him in one league where I, 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 he already had three great running backs, and I was like, hey, I can't pass oh, him yeah. in the ninth round. No, and, and, and I think the other part of that is, too, you see maybe one of those early season injuries to a running back on somebody else's team, and voila, you already have two or three solid running backs. Here's your trade bait right here. Go grab yourself a great tight end or QB or a wide receiver or something like that and really be able to use maybe Adrian Peterson as that trade bait. So even better if you can turn that and flip it after a few weeks. Thanks, Ben. Really do appreciate the call. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Have a great night, guys. You do. We have our fantasy football expert Steve-O on the line with us. You can text us your questions at 21232. We've got some on there, but before we do, Steve-O, should I be offended that I was not included in the ESPN 580 fantasy draft? That we didn't have spots open. Like, we just didn't well, have I mean, spots. I think the, the, the bigger concern is that you may have offended everybody else if you were in the draft. So I think that really is the, <laughs> the, the real tricky part about the whole thing is are you worried about the one or worried about the many? So it just depends on your viewpoint. Yeah, it was it was a controversial draft last night. I'll put it that way. There was there was some controversy. Yeah, there was. We had to reset the draft at one point. Really? People were not happy. Oh yeah. my god! There was there was some controversy. That's all. I'll just I'll put it that way. Was Scott Inez involved with it? Well, I mean, Scott was not involved in the controversy, but I mean, Scott being Scott, he got an invite to the league. Of course, he's in the league. Oh, okay.
Sky Kids. Oh, I got to hear all about that next time I'm in studio. Right. I got to hear about this. Text us your fantasy football questions. The 21232 is the Grills Seafood text line. What is a good draft strategy for an eight team league with double points for non position? I.e., I can't read it. I don't have my QBs, glasses on. quarterbacks who Thank run you. get 12. Running backs who catch touchdowns get 12 points. So this would be, I guess, some added what? value for quarterbacks who get rushing touchdowns and running backs who get receiving touchdowns. Wow. That is some wild, wild. Wow. Where did they find yeah, this I mean, league? If, I've never heard of a league doing that before in all my time playing fantasy. That is a weird. And to have an eight-team league is First off, I'd say go find at least two more people. Try to get four more people. Make it a twelve team. Jerry, um, Jerry is looking. Jerry's looking. If if you want to add somebody, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, if that's the case, where obviously, like you say, it makes running backs that can that have receiving touchdowns and quarterbacks that can do rushing touchdowns have, have more value. Then I think you're looking at guys, um, especially a guy like Cam Newton, who you know, right now Deshaun Watson is probably the one everyone's thinking of, but he's probably going to go in the second, maybe third round in a league like this. Cam, you know, maybe he doesn't go as, as soon as he does, so maybe you get a little bit better value out of that. And Cam Newton is definitely going to be rushing in some touchdowns. As for running backs that might have receiving touchdowns, obviously guys, Le'Veon Bell, you know, whatever, David Johnson, they're going to be top of your list. But when, when you can think about it in the later rounds, you know, grabbing a guy uh, like Chris Thompson from the Redskins, who should, like I say, uh, is going to have that receiving, you know, third down role in that team. And we saw last year the damage he can do out of the backfield catching the ball. Um, so a guy like like him, or maybe even go way late and get a guy like Theo Riddick. Uh, I mean, he should be the third down receiving back out of Detroit, and they throw the ball a ton. And you can probably get him in the double digit round. So start looking at some of those those third down backs like a Chris Thompson, a Theo Riddick, guys that are catching balls out of the backfield. And you could probably get some of them way late and still make some, uh, some some points off of them pretty easily. So look at those guys. He's our fantasy football expert, Steve-O. You can text your questions into 21232. That is 21232. Don't our, you have one? I thought you had one. I do, actually. I already have a trade request. Okay, our buddy Sam Albuquerque, oh, you nice. know him. You know Sam here from the I show do. and yeah, from yeah. ESPN. So uh, Sam, who's the commish? He was the one in charge. Oh, he's the he was the one in charge of inviting people. He looks I'm, like oh. a commission. I'm not, I'm not going to throw Sam under the bus, but he was the one that didn't invite <laughs> you, Jerry. Okay. Oh, so I know here, who my enemy here is. is now. Here is the trade question here, Steve. Okay. I have Kyle what? Rudolph what? as my tight end. I'm big on the Minnesota sure. Vikings. I have Kyle Rudolph hand, and had Adam Thielen. Okay. I love the Vikings. All okay. right. He wants Kyle Rudolph in exchange for Tyler Eifert and Kenny Stills. Mm. I, I guess what I would say it's a PPR not, league, by the way. Out, it is definitely not an outlandish trade request, especially you know this year. I think Kenny Stills' value is, is way up just because Devonta Parker's not doing anything. Albert Wilson's new to the team. There's really nobody, nobody else there. Uh, so I think Kenny Stills will have a, a pretty solid season there. Um, I, I guess my question would be because uh, I do like Kenny Stills, but if your wide receiver core is already stacked then you don't need, at that point, you're basically mm-hmm. just switching tight ends, and that doesn't do you any good. Right. Uh, but if maybe you went running back heavy, you took a quarterback early or something like that, and, and your wide receiver core isn't that great, then what I would do is, you know, go look at the waiver wire, and I would imagine maybe a guy, uh, maybe there's still some guys left there that are pretty solid, like maybe an O.J. Howard or something like him. that. Yeah, um, I have O.J. Howard. You have OJ? Okay. Ooh. So I guess it really boils down to your, your wide receiver core. Um, if you feel you have, you know, I'd say at least four, like very solid startable every week type of receivers, 
you probably don't need to do this. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really help you out. You don't need the receiver. So I'd keep Rudolph, who I think is a better tight end than, you know, than the oft-injured um, Tyler Eifert, and I would stick with it. But if you need that receiver help, it's not a bad trade, especially if you already have a, a very good tight end on your roster to, to kind of go with Kyle Rudolph already. He is our fantasy um, football but, expert, Steve-O. Yeah. Steve-O, I'm, I'm going to say no. I'm going to go with you there. I'm going to say no. I think I have good enough wide yeah. receivers. But uh, Okay. I, we, yeah. You can text your fantasy football questions to us throughout the week at 21232. We will get them into Steve-O as we get ready for the start of the season. Steve-O, man, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Always good to catch up with our buddy Steve-O. Tonight, Under the Lights. One more update, Jerry? Is that what yeah, one more update before we go into the Kevin Sutton Show, your source for action sports right here on Live Local and Loud. Number two, Apopka, 13 over Bartum Trail, number seven. Um, Osceola and St. Cloud in in county rivalry down there at 7.30. That game kicked off. No score on the board. Edgewater right down the road facing off against Colonial. They are going UCF on them right now, 14-0. And Rockledge is going for an upset over number 6 West Orange, 21-14. That's going to do it for us tonight. Jerry and I will be back on Tuesday. Everyone's off on Labor Day Monday. It will be like we never left here on ESPN 580. Kevin Sutton shows next.